So I have an urge to tell you that these things don't write themselves. And there's not, well, there are books like, you know, 10,000 Great Sermons, but you can, I don't use those, but you can do them. This sermon, um, I started writing last year because the whole love your enemies thing, I mean, people don't want to listen to that. They didn't want to listen to it during Jesus' time. We don't want to hear it, but it's here, and we're finally here today. Uh, as you can see, this thing is, I've, I've had this written out for a while. It's all folded up. I mean, I've stuffed it in my pocket, taken it places. There's type stuff. There's extra notes. There's things that I originally wrote and then scratched out. Um, and even toward the end, I thought, oh, this will be a really good, and I was like, no, oh, scratched it out. So um, this has not been an easy sermon to write. It's not going to be an easy sermon to preach, and it's not going to be an easy sermon to listen to. So with that said, uh, let's pray, <laughs> and let's really pray. God, we do trust you. We do put ourselves in your hands, and we are willing to go where you want us to go. We're willing to do what you want us to do, some because of those who have gone before us, who have testified to your presence with their lives and with their deaths. We pray that you bring us all into your new creation whether that be today, tomorrow, or in years to come. We do trust you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, here's the odd thing about the teachings of Jesus that we're about to hear from the Sermon on the Mount. On the Christian calendar, this passage is read only when there are extra Sundays between Epiphany and Lent. Now, to those of us who grew up not even knowing there was a Christian calendar... This is basically what the Episcopalians and Presbyterians were doing while the rest of us were wondering, why is Easter so late this year? This passage is not supposed to be read this year. The, the text for today that a lot of Christians are reading around the world is one of the ones from John or Luke. You know, this, this year on what's called the lectionary is kind of all over the place. It's supposed to be Matthew but it's really Matthew, Luke, and John. And so since we're trying to listen to Jesus from Matthew, basically what we're doing is we're taking a lot of these leftover texts that they read during extra weeks that some years get read, some years don't get read, and we're shoehorning them in to January, February, March, and April so that we can hear Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew in I mean, I guess that churches and traditions that follow this, I guess they count this teaching optional by some estimations. But for this year, and maybe I'm just sensitive, because it seems like we're in an era where virtues like kindness seem to be optional by some. For this year, this teaching of Jesus is anything but optional. This is not optional. I'm just wondering if we're going to be able to hear it. And I really am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. 
whether we're going to be able to hear Jesus. Because it almost seems like Jesus is going to have to shout a little bit in order for us to hear this. Not shout like an old-timey preacher. I'm talking about shouting over all the other noise, all the other distractions and everything else that's bombarding us these days. I mean, it feels like we have to listen to the preaching of Jesus over a box fan. You know what a box fan is? So even though we weren't supposed to hear this one this year, uh, hear these words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you. And do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For He makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, sends rains on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? Be perfect. Therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. Turn the other cheek. That one's tough. It seems like there should be exceptions. But what if there aren't? I wish Jesus would have elaborated. Your coat is temporary, don't get too attached to it. Yeah, but they taught me in school that food, clothing, and shelter are basic necessities. But what if Jesus is trying to teach us about real necessities? Walk an extra mile with someone you might not like or agree with. That one's tough too. Seems like there should be exceptions to that one too. But what if there aren't? But see, I think those three commands are setting us up. Those Jesus teachings are practice. 
for the big one. Those three commands are the training wheels for a much bigger bike. It's the big one because obviously in 2,000 years, not a single thing has changed. And here we are 2,000 years later, and I don't think we've heard this teaching of Jesus yet. We still haven't learned how to ride this bike. You've been taught all your life, love your neighbor. That is not exclusively Christian, although it's one of our core teachings, love your neighbor. I mean, if you walk in this back door down the hall, as big as day on the wall, guess what it says? Love your neighbor. And I mean, that's about as basic as it gets when we're talking about following Jesus. But it's pretty basic humanity, too. Love your neighbor, and the church said amen. Hate your enemies. Well, that's pretty basic humanity, too. It comes pretty naturally. Hate your enemy. Gloat over his death. Even the Psalms sometimes sing songs that ask God to smite the enemy. You know those, right? Smite him and her and them. They've been smote. Is that the past tense? Smite, smote, smote, smite. Who cares? As long as they've been smited. Amen. Praise God. We love you, God. But by the way, righteous God, would you do us a favor and righteously kill these people on our list? That's theatrics, you know, right? You know, I just went into preacher, performer theatrics there, right? I don't mean that. I'm just illustrating a point. But we have to be careful because we live in a world these days, I don't know if you've noticed, but we live in a world that people confuse theatrics and reality. I mean, even those psalms are prime examples of our human fingerprints in God's inspired scriptures. Yes, these are scriptures in the Bible. Yes, they are inspired by God, but they do have our fingerprints on them. And we need to read these sorts of things in context or else we wind up bombing abortion clinics in the name of God and ethnically cleansing villages in the name of God and all sorts of other skeletons that unfortunately hang in our Christian wardrobe. But let me tell you some truth. Instead of doing what, I mean, it's an occupational hazard where sometimes we do the whole preacher song and dance. I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to do the preacher song and dance for you. I'm going to tell you absolute truth. And I always try to tell you the truth, but sometimes I kind of gloss over it a little bit or I sugarcoat it. I'm going to sugarcoat it today. I like hate your enemies. I like it. I like hate your enemies, not because it's right, but because it's comfortable and it's familiar. And if we're honest with ourselves, you probably like it too because our enemies are the ones who try to hurt my loved ones. Isn't that what an enemy is? My family, my friends, you people. 
sitting in this room who I love. I, I, I love you people. And I'm telling you, if someone tries to hurt you, I'm going to stop them. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what to make of it. But if it happens, I'm going to do it. If your kid is with me in Honduras on a mission trip and somebody tries to hurt your child, I'm getting in the way and I'm going to stop them. That's just, that's just the truth. Hey, I like hate your enemies. I do. I wish I didn't, but I do. But here's the real problem that we face in even saying that out loud. We are told to hate killers, but we are also told to hate everyone else who disagrees with me. And we live in a world of theatrics where killers and people who don't vote the same way I do are somehow lumped into the same altogether. And that, that just doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense, but it's not right. It's just not right. Because in my everyday life, and I'm not talking about Honduras, somebody tried to hurt your baby. I'm talking about everyday life. I don't have enemies. I mean, the world tries to make me feel like I have enemies at every turn. Every time I turn on to Westheimer, there's somebody who's my enemy. You know, you don't like me, I don't like you. You're my... Come on. That's not the same thing. In real, everyday life, I don't have enemies. Not real ones. I mean... Okay, I get frustrated with bad drivers and rude people and people who chew with their mouths open. But enemies, those aren't enemies. Those are my teachers. Those are people who help me with my own stuff, given opportunities to work on myself. But enemies, real enemies... I'm comfortable with hate your enemies because true, evil, bona fide enemies mean to do me harm and mean to do my people harm. But then we listen to Jesus. I mean, really listen to Jesus. Even after I've said all that, which again, I feel very ambivalent about. I don't like the way I feel about it. But then in all of that, then we hear Jesus. We really listen to Jesus and we hear Him say, Love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. And everything goes quiet. Quiet. Like turning off a box fan in the middle of the night. Have you ever turned off a box fan? I spent a few years of my childhood in this little screened-in room in a house in Rungi, Texas, where I played with Legos. And I liked the room because it didn't have any furniture in it. it we lived in this old house, and it had a, a floor about the size of, of this area, screened in, and it got so hot during the summer. I mean, for Pete's sake, I was nine years old. You don't care it's hot when you're nine. But I had a box fan, turned on that box fan. That thing was so loud. I don't know if you had a box fan in the 1980s, but they made them out of 
I don't know, cast iron, something that was really loud. The thing shook and just made all kinds of racket, but I couldn't hear it. After a while, you quit hearing those kinds of things. You know what I'm talking about? The grandfather clock in the corner that made you come out of your skin the first time it went off, and then you just kind of get used to it. That box fan just went and went and went for hours, and sometimes I'd have to take my instructions for my Legos and lay them out on the floor. We had cinder blocks, and so I'd put a cinder block on one side and a cinder block on the other side so the box fan wouldn't blow it to Carn City. But then you turn it off. And you don't realize how quiet it is. On a recent day off, I was sitting in my living room reading. The house was empty except for me, my book, my cat, who was sound asleep upstairs, and the dryer. I was doing laundry on my day off and had the dryer going. And I didn't realize it was going. The, the dryer was just rolling faithfully, drying my clothes, zippers and buttons thumping, a rhythmically out-of-rhythm drumbeat like, I don't know, zippers and buttons, click-clacking in a dryer. You know the sound, right? And then all of a sudden, because earlier I had turned off that buzzer that goes off when the dryer is finished and that makes you come out of your skin. I had turned that off and I didn't realize that the drum, the, you know, the drum beat was going from the dryer while I was sitting there reading until suddenly as I was reading, the house just... just everything got quiet. And I heard Jesus say, turn the other cheek, don't get attached to your coat, don't get attached to your location, and keep walking even past a mile, and love your enemies. A week ago Friday, I was working on this sermon in my office, and Taro was out mowing the yard, and I did not notice that he was mowing the yard until he turned off the lawnmower, and everything went quiet. Just like the sound of my typing on the keyboard was mixed with Nothing. Because that Friday afternoon, it was me in the building and Antero mowing the yard. That was it at that particular moment. And I was thinking at that moment about how you might not like this sermon. I can't really say I like it. Not because it lacks style. I mean, I've tried to make it have some style, but no, it's, it's because it lacks a clean explanation. A nice, tidy little bow that wraps up the package. Jesus did not explain himself, and so maybe we need to stop over-explaining Jesus. 
I think Jesus wants some stuff from us. I don't think what He expects of us is to over-explain what He teaches. And I know the feeling, like reporters at a press conference, you know, as Jesus finishes His statement, I want to say, wait, 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 Jesus, what did you mean by that? Maybe Jesus leaves these things open-ended because He knows that it's going to take us a lifetime to actually live them. The lawnmower stops. The box fan goes silent. We put down our cell phones. We turn off our screens for a moment. No commercials. No distractions. No amusing ourselves into frustration, wondering if this really is all there is to life. And then when the dryer stops and the zippers and buttons stop click-clacking, and we realize that finally, after 2,000 years of noise, finally, everything for even one minute goes quiet. Finally, we hear Jesus say, turn the other cheek. Don't get too attached to your coat. If someone says, you're going to walk a mile, go ahead and walk too. And love your enemies. 